Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into the Soft Level Podcast, presented by Dead Soxy. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me here as well today. It is uh, Thursday, December the 10th. Hope you are having a, a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. A lot of recruiting going on six days away from the start of the early signing period. We'll talk to Zach about a lot of that stuff and uh, and more here in just a minute. I do want to tell you we're brought to you by Dead Soxy. It's deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. If you missed the uh, BOGO right there at the uh, holidays, it's okay. You still, uh, after Thanksgiving, I should have said, take advantage of the holiday sale at Dead Soxy. It's 35% off site-wide, excluding collabs. All you have to do is enter the promo code HOLIDAYPRO. That's one word, HOLIDAYPRO, at checkout for 35% off at Dead Soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and let's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you, sir? Good morning, Neil. It is uh, a lovely day to be covering uh, recruiting with you. Well, it is. It is. It is a lovely day to be covering recruiting. Um, so we'll start here because I always think this is kind of interesting. Usually, um, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being honest. In most of the years that I've covered Ole Miss recruiting, they don't close particularly well. Um, you know, they they have a little flourish and then kind of peter out at the end. Here we are six days out. It appears that Ole Miss is going to close strong. You, uh, do you agree with that? Or do you think there's a chance that this class kind of falls apart in the last handful of days? No, absolutely. I think if, if yesterday was any, uh, was any evidence of that, it, it quickly, uh, I've been using the term things are moving quickly a lot. Um, I use that term a lot when I'm playing golf when uh, things start to uh, <laughs> crumble in a negative way. But when I'm using it in this sense, it's uh, in a positive way. Um, as scheduled, Brandon Buckhalter recommits to Ole Miss. Um, I think that that's huge. Uh, we, we talk a lot about big-bodied receivers. He is certainly that. I mean, he's up to close to 6'4", 200-plus. Um, gives them a ton of flexibility. He can do a lot of things. And then quickly after that, as I told you, I was doing a live podcast and uh, McKeelan Pounders commits while I'm doing that. Uh, spill my beer, knock it over in here. Dogs barking. So that was fun. But, uh, but yeah, so. And that caught lot- everybody off guard because you were ready for it. Chad Simmons with Rivals was ready for it. Chad had talked to him, had quotes, and it was his understanding, as it was yours, that it was going to happen Thursday morning. And I guess whether it was just the excitement of the moment or he just said, oh, screw it or whatever, uh, he pulled the trigger and, and uh, 
Chad sent me the 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 story, but I didn't see it until this morning because I just no, no, it was, and there's no big deal. We got the quote mm-hmm. from him where he says, "Old Miss is on the cusp of building a, a powerhouse." Um, you had your analysis. We had lots of coverage of that, but the the immediate question from everybody because this is the way recruiting works is, "Okay, who's next?" And there's some right. candidates for who's next. There is. Um, yeah, I actually in the middle of that podcast, I had a uh, a source that I have that's close to the Mississippi State program. Um, it is a real person that wasn't made up. Um, if you're listening out there, uh, but yeah, told me, Hey, he's, he's going. And I said, who? And pounders. So then I start scrambling and then pounders, you know, tweeted out, you know, surprise dot, 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 and then put the tweet out. But right now, if you're looking for who's next, um, this morning, uh, this is a post, uh, breaking news as we record this four-star tight end Hudson Wolf has officially decommitted from Tennessee, um, the uh, Savannah, Tennessee native, which for those that aren't familiar geographically with Savannah, very, very close to the Mississippi line. Um, I believe, uh, if memory serves, very close to Corinth. Um, So he is probably, I'm not sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm not sure if it's, you know, imminent. I wouldn't say immediately going to happen. And now, of course, as I say this, he might do it while we're recording this, but I would say that he is on the list of who is potentially next. And then uh, staying on offense, Malik McLean, the uh, – you want to talk about big body receivers. Um, oh, he's a big body kid. He's big. Um, 6'5", 195, plays at IMG. I think that uh, everything is pointing to Ole Miss right now for him. <laughs> All jokes aside, if you want to look at a, a, a guy who could potentially be a, a top recruiter for this class um, – look no further than Luke Altmeyer. He's been busy, um, had a relationship with McLean when they were both Florida State commits. McLean decommitted last week. So he's up there. And then uh, you posted this morning, um, uh, I'm hearing Junior Colson's name more and more. Um, I mean, this staff, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they're starting to pinpoint and uh, target commits or – prospects that are looking at other programs that are potentially in flux. You've got Hudson Wolf who just decommitted from Tennessee. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's potentially a dead man walking up there. Um, and then at Michigan, Colson's been committed to Michigan for a long time. Jim Harbaugh might've dodged that bullet taking the L against Ohio state. But I mean, there's still a ton of questions in Ann Arbor about him. All right. So I've got a question before we get into some specific guys and I've been guilty of this too because it, it the, the proper answer to the question how do they make it work is that the numbers always work out that that is the real answer. Mm-hmm. I understand how people get frustrated by that answer though. I, I get it. Uh, frequently, it works out because yeah, I know you're in on these twelve guys and you're excited about these twelve guys, but you're only going to get two of them, so it's going to work out. So chill. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not appear to be the case this time. So when people say, "Hey, Neil, hey Zach, how did the numbers work out?" given the fact that, and these are facts, that they want to leave a couple of scholarships open for uh, grad transfers, mm-hmm. just the transfer market in general, which is going to be an absolute circus uh, yeah. this, this, this spring. I mean, it just it's going to be crazy. They want to leave spots open for that. They still have the February period that, that is yet to come. Um, how do they manage this if they continue to close the way that it looks like they're going to close? I mean, obviously, you've got 
on your board here, I'm looking at it. There's a lot of people that are still undecided. Malik McLean, JJ Henry. Um, as of this moment, Hudson Wolf. We talked about that. Jalen's Jalen Sheed. There's um, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, Ty Cooper, Talik Robbins, um, Christian Burkhalter, Trevin Wallace, Junior Colson. I mean, you know, and obviously they're not getting all of those guys. Markevius Brown. They're not getting all of those guys clearly, but. But there's not room for – but how many – I mean, if you had to guess, like just a, a rough number, is it seven, eight guys that are still out there that they would take in, in the early period? Uh, so looking at it right now, um, as I scroll, I would probably say one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, seven tops. Okay. I don't, I don't think they could do seven more because if you look at February, you've obviously got the whale, Taiwan Malone. Now, he, the numbers will always work out for Taiwan Malone. Yeah, the numbers work out for Taiwan Malone. They work out for a Junior Colson. They work out for a, uh, a Malik McLean, a, a Deion Smith. Those numbers work out for those guys like that. My, my, my point is, is that when we say that, it, 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 you don't just keep adding. There, there, there has to be some subtraction. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have some conversations with some guys, and they're gonna talk. You know, a guy like Taiwan, slated to sign in February. Taiwan could sign in December. Now, I'm not alluding to them talking him into that or him doing it. I don't know. Taiwan, very very quiet young man, doesn't talk much, um, and I haven't spoken with him in quite quite some time. But you know, he could sign in December and then just enroll in June because he's, he's obviously wanting to stay up at Bergen Catholic and play his final season of baseball, but he could sign early. So they would love to go ahead and get him signed so they can know the number they're working with. But yeah, they're going to have to have some conversations on, you know, yeah, the numbers work out for a guy like junior Colson, a guy like Taiwan Malone, you know, Brandon Jennings, maybe still out there committed to Michigan. We talked about the flux there in, in, in Ann Arbor if a guy like that picks up the phone and calls and says, Hey coach, I want to come to the SIP hashtag, whatever you got to take them. Cause those are impact guys that play positions of need. So they're going to have to have those tough conversations in the war room and decide an actual concrete number. One of the things that I know, I, I don't, I shouldn't say I know it. I've heard it from enough people to believe it. Um, Kiffin believes there are going to be impact players in the transfer portal. And with this one-time no-penalty transfer, those guys mm -hmm. can step in and help you immediately. I, I think it's pretty obvious that, that Lane Kiffin doesn't look at this as some four- to six-year rebuild. He looks at it as, I want to win right now. I want to do this today. I'm, I'm living in right. this moment. So I don't think they're going to max out their 26 spots, is my point. I, that's, and I could be wrong. And maybe they do, and then they go in and they find more spots elsewhere. I don't really know how that works. Transfers, do they count on initials? I mean, I've got some right. questions about how this works. And I was listening to the SEC coaches teleconference yesterday, and it was pretty obvious that a lot of the coaches – my phone blowing up. I mean, that's, that's a great the, – the phrase you use there, um, winning now. And they – yeah, this isn't some slow burn. They want to capitalize on this momentum, and they want to build towards a even better 2022 class. I mean, they, 
obviously you want to sign the best class in the country every single season, but that's not realistic. But yeah, they, they want to get impact guys and they want to be able to win eight, nine games next year. And they want to get a top 10 class in 2022. I mean, that's a goal that they have. And I think it's a tangible goal with you've seen what they're doing right now, you know, without official visitors, without face to face. So yeah, winning now is something that Lane is definitely shooting for. All right, so let's go through some names. Give me, give me some thoughts on some guys. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at your board. This is for the early periods. So we're not really talking about guys that mm-hmm. – we're not talking about Taiwan Malone here, for example, because I, I think I mean, it's likely that he's going to wait and sign in February. That's, yeah. that's my guess. Um, Deion Smith, committed to LSU. I was told earlier this week that LSU looked like they had sort of held Ole Miss off. Uh-huh. Then I was told a little bit later in the week that no Ole Miss is making another run at it. And you look at what's going on in Baton Rouge and it's bad and it's got a chance to get really bad. And there are people who are today saying, Hey, Ed Orgeron's not going to survive this. And I don't know that to be true. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to taping sec football and beyond later today, talking to Chris uh, Chris Landry's there in Baton Rouge. He's very connected with that program, and and um, he he will probably have more insight than you and I could could give it because he's there and we're not. Um, but anyway, as it pertains to Smith, do you hear a sense that it's moving in Ole Miss's direction, or do you think in the end LSU hangs on for another six days? Uh, well, you know, um, look, the program's not going to blow up in six days. I mean, so you no. know, it, 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 they're going to still be around on Wednesday, the NCAA, as Ole Miss fans should know well, doesn't work that fast. So, you know, Dion's got a decision to make. Sure. Um, Well, you and I were were, were talking earlier before we started, and I told you about um, a tweet that that went out that was probably not the best choice of words for uh, for, for Eddie O. Uh, It's Brooks Kubina. And yeah. I'm, uh, looking, do you know who you're familiar with Brooks? Yeah. Oh, for the advocate. Um, so Ed said that the key to next year will be graduate transfers who can come in and contribute immediately. So now you and I were talking about it and I said, yeah, it's something that you, that you say in your, in your staff meetings, you tell, you know, people around you, you don't tell that to media because that can be spun in a very negative way. Um, is that a nice way of saying that they're going to purge? Possibly. Are they going to revamp their entire roster? Maybe. But in regards to Dion, you and I are kind of hearing the same thing. Ole Miss is still trying to get him in this class, but I think he ends up signing with LSU in the end because regardless of what's going on in Baton Rouge, they're still able to put guys in the league at that position, and that's the ultimate goal. Um I mean, before he opted out, Terrace Marshall was still putting up huge numbers. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's going to resonate with, with, with Dion. He can probably look at the roster right now and, you know, be able to see, hey, I could probably come in and compete right away. Yeah, they're, they're, their roster is quickly getting depleted. Uh, Malik McLean, you've talked about him a little bit. That sure sounds like Ole Miss to me. It does. A uh, couple – couple of sources in Florida have essentially conceded to a certain extent and said, yeah, Altmaier has been working him. Um, that was, I think was in the works before Altmaier went public. I think he and Malik are, are pretty tight and um, I mean, not, not yet imploding, but 
FSU's in a similar arena there with LSU where things have not gone how they thought they would go uh, with Mike Norvell. I think Malik, um, I don't know if he'll wait until next Wednesday. Uh, it doesn't really matter at this point. It's only six no. days away. But, yeah, I think all signs point to Ole Miss there. And then uh, J.J. Henry, who's the slot receiver from McKinney, you and I talked about him a week ago. I think this was one of the few where I actually scooped you on one. You're, you're, hitting, <laughs> about, you're hitting about 99% on the beat Neil on the scoop deal. But I think I got this one. Um, yeah, you did. I'm told, I'm told it's done. I'm told this is done, which leads me into a question. They would not take all three of those guys, right? They're not going to take five receivers. They already have Braylon Brown and, and Buck Halter. They're not taking Smith, McLean, and Henry. So if Smith were to right. come, they'd have to start making decisions, right? Yeah, I, and <clears throat> this is where we, we kind of talk ourselves in circles where it's the numbers always work out, but then it's, well, I don't know if they can take all three because they need some defense. Um, yeah. I, I do think they have to get some legitimate receivers in this class because they, they're, it's about time to reload that room. Um, Elijah Moore is leaving after this year, and, and that's what they're selling Henry on. Hey, you can come in and be the next Elijah Moore. Similar build, similar skill set, puts up big numbers in 5A Texas football. So, um, yeah, as of, as of right now, um, yeah, I hadn't heard much about him. He was pretty quiet, and uh, Baylor and Texas were on him early. He got the Texas offer, and that was something that resonated with him. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, Tom Herman and company – have uh, underwhelmed to say the least. So I think he got back to the drawing board and I think Levy and Blake Gideon did a nice job recruiting him. We've talked about Wolf. You think in the end he ends up signing with Ole Miss? I, mean, I do as of today. Yes, I do. Um, um, I don't yeah. think Ole Miss flips Jalen. And if they get Wolf, I think they're done. I don't think they go after right. Sheed at that point or, or Stetson Moore. Um, well, Sheed becomes even more important now because what's Eric Gilbert going to do? Is he going to stay in Baton Rouge? Is, oh. is he going to leave? Let me go ahead and answer that question. No. <laughs> I know that LSU was, was trying to right the ship there, but if he's gone, they're going to do whatever they can to hold on to Sheed. Um, they have Jake Beck, another tight end. Guys don't opt out. They don't opt out, enter the transfer portal, and then come back. It's, it's not happening. It's over. Listen, he didn't want to be there in the first place. And people say, well, why did he go? Why do you think he went? I mean, it, 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 this stuff well, happens. And, and look. Neil, you go to Tigerland on a Friday evening. You've got to be able to make sure that when you bring kids in, that's why I've talked about this when people, when coaches bitch and moan about the transfer portal. My response is, all right, well, then run a happy program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Run a program where kids are happy. Yep. I mean, that's uh, run a program where kids feel respected. Run a program where you live up to do when you do for kids what you say you were going to do. We talk about that all the time, Neil. It's relationships and it's are you happy? Yes. Kids that are happy will stay. Yes. Always. Every time. And he's not happy. And they might and they might leave at the end of a year. They might go into a, a, a a, uh, they might go into a, a, a meeting with the coach and say, hey, look, Grant Tisdale is an example of this. Hmm? Grant's a great kid. Everybody, everybody at Ole Miss respects Grant. He might walk in and, 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 and say, hey, coach, I mean, obviously it's not working out. Not, I need to get someplace. And Okay, that happens. That's football. But when yeah. you see 16 kids opting out of a season, <laughs> quitting on their teammates, yeah, 
That's that they're miserable. Well, that's I mean, happening there. I mean, you don't see that happening at Ole Miss, for example. Kids aren't opting out. Yeah. In mass, in the middle of, of of a year, they're not quitting on their teammates. Well, a perfect example of this made headlines on Twitter. Devontae Kincaid, he and Brian Buchanan both knew they were never going to play. You had Bo Wallace and you had Chad Kelly there. You you yeah. were not QB one, but they stayed for. I mean, Buchanan never left. Kincaid finally left because he wanted to go play, but they were happy. They liked being on the team. They liked Ole Miss. They liked Oxford. So you stay. I mean, I think Tisdale is a perfect example. It, he liked being on that team. He didn't have any animosity towards the staff. It's just, it's just sports. That's how it works. Sometimes you're just some. Sometimes somebody's better than you. All right. So we talked about uh, tight end, offensive real, lines. Real quick, Neil, just yeah. to update you. Um, right now, since nine this morning, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight future casts placed for Ole Miss for Hudson Wolf. Wow including Mike Farrell, director of recruiting, Kevin Noon, who covers Ohio State. Ohio State was in it. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Bone covers Alabama. So that, that tells me that phone calls are being made. <laughs> yeah. It's getting around. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's making phone calls. <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. All right. They're done at offensive line, at least for the early period. I think so. Um, I think they might be done. Done. Okay. Defensive line, they've, they've got some guys committed. It's obviously a critical area of, of need. DeMarcus Smith recommitted. Isaiah Iton committed recently. They're still in on Ty Cooper. They're still in on Talik Robbins. And you have them in on Byron Young. And I'll be honest, that's a name I, I don't hear at all. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Neil, as the, as, uh, as the kids' favorite uh, artist, Jack Harlow, would say, they have options. Um, Byron Young, Georgia Military College. Um, they offered him back around Thanksgiving. Um, seemed to be pretty excited. Spoke with him briefly. Um, says the same thing that we've been hearing this entire cycle. I see opportunity. So yeah. there's a chance to come in and play right away. You can't ask for anything better than that. So um, you can't deny the momentum and the excitement around this program. I think that that's it's helping – I mean, it's a huge magnet that players are just being drawn to. Uh, Ty Cooper is just – look, I, if anybody says they got a read on him, I would venture to say they're lying. One, because he doesn't talk much. Two, because I just think he's legitimately unsure of what he wants to do. And I think it's, you know, everybody, oh, it's what a, what a cliche. Like, he, he's torn. He can't decide. But, I mean, sometimes it's true. Sure. I mean – you, just, not, you build relationships with multiple staffs. You, you, it's you, hard to say no. And with him, there's a lot of outside pressure. And, you know, sure. I mean, I, I'll tell you what I hear about him, and I could be way off. I hear that he very likely, if it were just completely in a bubble, would likely choose Ole Miss. But yeah. the, the, the pressure outside of him, family, and, and, and look, everybody goes, oh, I know what you mean. I, I'm, I'm not naive. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen, but I'm also saying that, that it gets more complicated than that. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Mississippi State pressure on him, and I think he has a good relationship with Mississippi State. I think he likes Mississippi State. I think he likes sure. Ole Miss, you know what I mean? I mean, so if you made me bet on this one, I think I'd bet Mississippi State. Yeah, and – You'd and look, bet Ole Miss, right? As of today, I would bet Ole Miss. Okay. But six days is a is an eternity in recruiting. Um, yeah, Zach Arnett's done a hell of a job. I mean, he's 
look, all jokes aside with State, I mean, that defense is – they're okay. Yeah. And he's got a product to sell. He's young. He's a really good recruiter. And he's built a relationship there. Deke Adams, who his relationship with, with Ty goes back to when he was at Starkville. So he's got a long-standing one there. And, and look, I just think it's going to go back and forth. But we'll see how it is at the turn of next week. It, you saying Mississippi State, I would not – if that happened, wouldn't be shocked at all. Because yeah. it, it's a hard decision to make. And numbers come into play here as well. I think they're getting – Talik Robbins. I think that that's all but done. And then right now, I think Taiwan Malone is done. I think Ole Miss is in the lead by a lot. Tennessee is, I think, virtually out of it now. Um, it's just Ole Miss and A&M. And uh, look, if you're, if you're into playing the, the Twitter game, I mean, Taiwan Malone's, you know, retweeting Ole Miss baseball tweets and stuff like that. So I think it's, it, I, you know, I said done. Now I'm not saying it's wrapped up and, you know, there's a bow on it, but I think Ole Miss is in the lead there. So Byron Young comes into play. A Juco guy, really good size. Um, he's someone that I think could could play immediately, 6'3", 240. Now, here's another thing, Neil. That size, a bit of a tweener, could play some linebacker if they needed him to, maybe some stand-up 3-4 um, out there on the edge. They He's a guy who can run, and he's 240 pounds. So they don't have a lot of that running around out there. No, that's for sure. Um, all right, so let's let's talk some linebackers where we have some interesting names. Um, yeah. Dink Jackson's committed. He'll sign. Uh -huh. We talked about Junior Colson. I don't have a read on that right now. I mean, Ole Miss is still in it. Tennessee's still in it. As of this moment, he's committed to Michigan. He has a sister at Ole Miss. He has both of his parents went to Michigan is what we think. Fairly – Fairly sure that is correct. I'm like 99% sure. So you got some family ties both places. Um, obviously, the Ole Miss program right now is is probably on, on more solid ground than, than Michigan. Michigan's a mess. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I have, I have people say, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know enough to think anything. We'll just see. I just have been told. I'm told Ole Miss is working it hard. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they're giving them a lot to think about. Ole Miss has looked good on the field this year. They've competed in every single game. Um, and, again, immediate playing time. And it helps that they're recruiting, uh, you know, Kendrick Breedlove is already committed. He's from Tennessee. Um, and then now it looks like they're poised to get Hudson Wolf, who's also yeah. from Tennessee. I think – I'd have to look. I think Junior Colson plays on National Playmakers Academy with those two guys, seven on seven. I'd have to I check think, it. Right. So they're, they're selling a lot of familiarity – and then also immediate playing time. Now, I, I think it's the parents – that Kiffin would love to get into, by the way. Oh, I, I was telling some guys this morning, outside of 2020, if you look at the last couple of years, everybody has gone into Tennessee and just cherry-picked. The balls in 2020 cleaned up in the top ten. Other than that, it's just scattered. So, with the balls, you know, quote-unquote not back, you, you can get into Nashville and Brentwood and, and, and those areas and do some damage. You mentioned Brandon Jennings. I don't know anything about that there. I haven't, I, and that's a name that I'll be honest in my conversations, I haven't heard it in, in, in much the same way you mentioned Trevin Wallace here and everything I've heard with him is that he's going to end up at Auburn. Yeah. Ole Miss is, is trying to get back into it with those two guys. Uh, Jennings, who's from Sandalwood high school in Jacksonville. Um, Ole Miss, very big Florida presence on the staff. They've been recruiting him hard. He decommitted from Florida state in October and then quickly committed to Michigan four days later. 
But like you said, Michigan's a mess. Um, I think they're just constantly pushing, you know, hey, you know, what's the deal? Like you, you, you firm with Michigan. So if, 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 if Brandon Jennings were a guy that picked up the phone next Tuesday and asked about, hey, you, you guys got room? Well, yeah, yep. Brandon, you're, you're 6'3", 225. We can make some room. Absolutely. Um, those, he's yeah. the, one of those edge guys that they just don't have right now. Yeah, I mean – to win in this league, you've got to have those edge guys defensively because you've got to be able to get off the field. It's, it's one of the reasons that so many people were upset about losing the – not being able to play the Texas A&M game. My attitude was kind of like, well, I mean, I get it. You want the money and you want to be able to play and you want to go play everybody and have a shot. But right. from a matchup standpoint, A&M is not a good matchup. That was, yeah. Um, yeah, and I agree. I, Trevin Wallace, he, he, he uh, told me today that he does – because he was thinking about February. He's going to sign early. I think that kind of points to Auburn. I think he's going to take a spot. And that deal could get weird. Listen, there's a lot of talk about Gus Malzahn. And, and um, oh, yeah. If Saturday night goes badly. <laughs> if, there's, if, there's a, if there's a cycle for Ole Miss to poach, this is it. Yeah. You've got Auburn, Tennessee, Michigan, LSU. LSU. Like all these programs are just, you know, what do you do? So. The momentum certainly helps. Yeah, so that's that's something to watch. Uh, the other name that you have down here, I actually do have some insight on this one. Christian Burkhalter from Spanish Fort, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, you scoop you scoop me on that too. Yeah, it's like two. Look at me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's committed to Oregon. I don't think he's going to Oregon. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I don't think that's happening. Um, he's a guy who could end up playing defensive end. He could end up playing tight end. He could end up even being sort of an H-back kind of guy. He's really athletic, mm-hmm. um, could do a lot of different things, had a somewhat disappointing season at Spanish Fort this year, uh, was not as impactful defensively as I think they had hoped. But regardless, there's a, is a, lot, of, a lot of raw material there to work with. Yeah. Uh, Hard to teach 6'5", 225. Yeah, almost impossible. Um, I know UCLA and he have been talking a lot. Mm-hmm. Yet there's a distance issue with Oregon that I think exists with UCLA as well. Um, having done the flight from Mobile to Los Angeles a couple of times, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a it's a haul, and I, I wouldn't want to drive it. And uh, there's Ole Miss, and yet I, I've not gathered that there's just massive momentum there. But I think there's I think there's some. If you made me bet on this one today, this is it would be he and Cooper would be the two guys that I would be kind of coin flipping. And while okay. I think I think I'd edge my coin on Cooper towards state, I think I'd edge my coin on Burkhalter towards Ole Miss. But I mean, Zach, I'm talking fifty one forty nine on both of these guys. I mean, if, if you're saying, well, you can't pick fifty fifty, okay, well, can I pick fifty one forty nine? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, okay, well, that's where that's where I'll go. I mean, I think it's super close on Burkhalter, but I think I'd lean towards Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, committed to Oregon earlier this summer and then didn't really hear much after that. Um, He seemed pretty solid and firm with Oregon. And then, look, now they're not in as bad a shape as the programs we mentioned earlier, but Oregon's disappointing a little bit this season. Um, But I think the distance is the biggest thing here. I mean, Eugene's way over there. Um, And – you know, I think there's a possibility that he's wanting to hang a little bit closer to home and then 
look, I, I we've we've said momentum thirty seven times already on this on this podcast, but Ole Miss is fun right now. You, you watch the sideline when when you're watching games on TV. I mean, yep. guys are down there having fun, and yep. kids want to go somewhere where they're going to enjoy it and have a good time. And then also, it doesn't hurt that you're going to play a ton. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there on the coin flip. And uh, I think, you know, he's, he's from Spanish Fort, so very familiar with, uh, with a lot of guys around the Ole Miss program. Um, Ole Miss recruits Alabama a lot. Um, and then, you, you know, it certainly helps that you've got a guy like Trey Washington in this class that Christian is familiar with on the seven-on-seven circuit and playing against him in high school and all of that. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, Derek Nix is from Alabama. They recruit the state a ton. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too shocked if he ended up in this class and he is signing early. So that's another thing. Clock's ticking for him. Defensive back. I know was a major area of concern going into the season. It was, a, a an area of emphasis on this re- recruiting class. It will be an area of emphasis in the transfer portal. It will be an area of emphasis in 2022. It's, it's got to be rebuilt and they're off to a really great start, uh, you talked about Breedlove, who who's one of the higher ranked players in this class, Taishim Johnson as well, DeMarco Williams, Trey Washington, Elijah Sabatini reaffirmed. So they're really down to the one guy, Marquebius Brown, um, from originally from Pahokee, I think. He's at IMP. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami's in it, but I think this is an Auburn Ole Miss thing. And yeah, I, I think as of today, it it's Ole Miss. I I I don't it, it might depend on how some other things fall. Yeah, I would. I'd be close to to say this one's done. Um, I think Ole Miss has really stayed on him. Terrell Buckley has not stopped recruiting him throughout the whole process. It looked like he was going to go to Miami, and earlier this summer, everybody just. I I, I can't speak for everyone. I think they might have pulled back a little bit, and uh, just kind of assumed, well, he's going to go to the Canes. But um, they like him. Not the big four star that everybody would probably want. But he runs well, he's savvy, and he's played a lot of high school football, and he's played a lot of really good competition being down at IMG. Not just not just on game day, but in practice. I mean, he's going up against four and five stars every day. Um, Buckley and this staff really like him. And, uh, yeah, as of today, I'd say he's going to sign with Ole Miss next week. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. It's pretty pretty thorough review of, of what's gone on, a preview of what's to come. I have a belief that once you get to about Sunday of this week, you can pretty much wait till Wednesday. If guys make it to Monday or Tuesday, they, they usually don't do an announcement on the day before mm-hmm. signing day. They just go ahead and wait till signing day. We'll have coverage of signing day on uh, Wednesday. We'll have um, well coverage. Obviously, Zach's done a bang up job. I'm, I was I was just in the admin. You've got what I think. Let's see, I'll refresh. I'll tell people how many stories you've got ready. It's we've whittled it down a little bit this week. Finally, you've got five stories sitting in the sitting in the admin. Yeah. At one shout point, out, you had like ten. To, <laughs> it's really you're slacking. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon and McKeelan for helping you out and getting them out of the way. Yeah, there's. It was getting pretty <laughs> thick. I was like having because I was going like looking for the mailbag and looking for picks, and I wrote a basketball story, and I'm like trying to find it, and I'm like this is whoa. This is, if you could see it, you'd understand why I'm that way. Um, it, it's you're like really scrolling, looking for it. But l- luckily, there's a there's a color code, and I know anything yeah. in anything in red, I'm not touching. <laughs> uh, so um, 
but sometimes you have to go in and edit it. And I'm always so afraid that I'll accidentally hit publish instead of save to draft. I know. Yeah, it's kind of a scary spot. Yep. Anyway, nobody cares about all that. So we'll be back. Um, probably what we'll do is plan to do something on Wednesday. And we'll do a, a review of, of what went right, what went wrong, what's left. And all of those things once signing day is complete on Wednesday. So that'll be at least the, the rough plan. If we need to do an emergency quick soft verbal, we'll do that as well uh, over, the, over the weekend, early part of the week, whatever. So for Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Don't forget, holiday co- it's Holiday Pro is the code. Code Holiday Pro, one word, 35% off. Everything except collaborations at deadsoxy.com. Until next time, take care.